You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. This episode features a conversation about how Westchester County is commemorating the 20th anniversary of the tragic events of September 11th. NYSAC's Executive Director Stephen Aquario is joined by Westchester County Executive George Latimer to discuss an upcoming memorial dedication and a day of service, as well as to reflect on what it meant to serve as a county leader 20 years ago and today during two different national emergencies. Thank you for tuning in to County Conversations. I'm Stephen Aquario, the Executive Director of the New York State Association of Counties. We're very grateful to be joined today by Westchester County Executive George Latimer to talk about how the county is honoring the 20th anniversary of the tragic events of September 11th. County Executive, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Steve, it's a pleasure to be with you. County Executive, this is a solemn day um, in the United States, in the world, uh, as we're receiving news about additional lives lost in Afghanistan, where uh, the United States and many other nations are trying to evacuate Afghanistan uh, citizens and Americans coming back to this country. Today, we learned that uh, as many as 12 uh, American servicemen and women uh, were killed uh, in an explosion, allegedly uh, through the acts of ISIS, uh, and an additional 15 Americans injured. Uh, I wanted to uh, begin this interview to Uh, get your thoughts on what we just heard and also uh, take just a moment of silence uh, in remembrance of the Americans who, who, who died today. George, what are your thoughts about that? Today, we're, we're doing an interview talking about uh, as we approach September 11th, and we take news today that 12 Americans died. You know, Steve, I think it's, uh, it's one more example about the sacrifice that have been made by Americans, young Americans, brave Americans, uh, every day in situations where those of us in civilian life don't necessarily appreciate how much they're in harm's way just by their normal day-to-day activity. <clears throat> My oldest nephew, who is, who is back stateside, is a captain in the U.S. Army Reserves. He's had a couple of tours of duty in Afghanistan, and he's been based in Kabul. Uh, at various times uh, during this 20-year period in which Americans were in Afghanistan. And, uh, you know, I spoke with him, uh, you know, a number of days ago, and uh, we talked about the fact that to him this wasn't a dot on a globe halfway, uh, you know, halfway around the world, but this was a city that he had been in. He knew people. He knew many of the Afghanis that were uh, helping uh, the Americans who had come. And, uh, and then you realize that today, once again, People are asked to make the ultimate sacrifice, which in a sense is what happened on 9-11. It happened in a, um, you know, in the area of first responders, domestic um, security, where people who are tasked with helping us get through day-to-day civilian life lost their lives defending us. But it's the same principle of sacrifice by those in the military who lost their lives. And it, it, it tells you that the sacrifice is perpetual and uh, it continues to uh, create sadness and pain and suffering in the homes of, of many Americans tonight when they find out it's their young son, their daughter, who isn't coming home from Afghanistan. We grieve with them. Um, we, we want to commit that their sacrifice was not in vain and that we will always honor that sacrifice in the same way that here in Westchester County and everywhere else, we're going to honor the lives of the people that died on 9-11 
and the people who died after 9-11 from related illnesses because they had the bravery to work on the pile and to, uh, to try to help us, uh, you know, reestablish our society. Jimmy Executive, it's my understanding, uh, over 150, 155 New Yorkers who lived in Westchester County died uh, either at the tragedy or succumbing to illnesses uh, after 9-11. That's a, a lot of people uh, to die and it, it strikes me as um, very difficult to talk about this issue. And you uh, have inspired me uh, in how you have approached this issue. Uh, you have inspired me in watching you last year when, because of COVID, the 2020 September 11th ceremony was closed to the public. Uh, but yet you carried on and talked about this issue. You had religious leaders there, you had families there, you had uh, first responders and county officials at this event. But truly you've inspired me by talking about an attitude of gratitude and that we have an oh, a greater responsibility to society and to volunteer, to install a sense of volunteerism uh, in memory of those who who lost their lives in 9-11 in over as we approach this 20 year anniversary. Can you talk about that attitude of gratitude that you've talked about? Well, Steve, first of all, you said it brilliantly, uh, you know, in the way you phrased it. Um, we all knew uh, as New Yorkers, people who lived in, in the area the state closest uh, to the World Trade Center. Uh, we all know people that were lost that day. I had a colleague uh, who had worked uh, for the Port Authority and died uh, in the towers, who had worked with me here in the Westchester County office building when I was in the county legislature. Uh, at the time of the tragedy, I was the chairman of our county legislature 20 years ago. And um, I remember what that day was like. We all do if we're of a certain age, <clears throat> but the sacrifice wasn't you know, just something you read about. It wasn't esoteric. And because I had also lived in Northern Virginia and I used to commute through the Pentagon to get onto the uh, Metro system to go to my offices and. Crystal City when I lived down there. I have a very clear vision of what the Pentagon looked like uh, approaching it from the south in the same way uh, that the planes that day approached the Pentagon as they approached the World Trade Center. And also I'm living in Pennsylvania, not particularly close to the crash site, but I have some idea what those rolling hills of Pennsylvania look like. So it's a real fresh image in my mind. And when I think of uh, uh, having worked with someone who lost their life, I have two good friends of mine who got out of the towers. They were below the impact site. And, and when this topic comes up, you look and you realize that for a handful of moments, they thought they were living their last moments of life, the last opportunity on a cell phone to tell their loved ones goodbye, that they would never come home. Now, th those individuals did make it back, but the ones who didn't, this is a terrible poignancy. 20 years later, it doesn't take away any of the, the emotional impact of knowing the human stories behind the numbers. So in Westchester County, uh, during the tenure of my predecessor twice ago, uh, County Executive Andy Spano, he put together uh, a team of people, Jim Houlihan and others, to uh, put together private money and contract for a, a brilliant uh, sculpture known as the Rising. It, it, it evokes in the metal, the metals that were on, the, the metal content of the exterior of the World Trade Centers. And it, and it sits at our Kensico Dam Plaza in a very uh, prominent location, and it's a very moving location. 
and we have had our celebrations or commemorations, I should say, of 9-11 at that location all these years. What we've added this year, and I have to credit uh, the wisdom of Catherine Chaffee, who's our director of communications, who, who understood the tragedy in the lives of those people that we have lost since 9-11, because they had a sense of sacrifice as our first responders did that day, as our military members did this day, that those first responders and those individuals went down in the pile uh, and they breathed fumes and they were exposed to chemicals that uh, ultimately caused them to have a shortened life, that they couldn't live long enough to see their grandchildren. They couldn't live long enough to see uh, the marriage of their, of, of their kids or to grow old gracefully with their spouse or to get to the point of retirement where you can travel and see things around the world. They all sacrificed those on the pile those in the buildings, those who went into the buildings, and those today in Afghanistan. That's what we commemorate at Kensico Dam Plaza. Now with the opening of the new 9-11 uh, 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 illness-related um, remembrance to go along with the, um, uh, with the rising. And, and I think we owe a, a debt of gratitude because all of those people did something for which we benefit from every day. The freedom that allows me to come and go where I please, how I please, comes out of the sacrifice of our military and our first responders. The fact that I can go into an office building anywhere and know that there are people out there who will risk their lives to try to save my life is, is an incredible sacrifice on their part toward me. And the least we can do is be appreciative of it, show gratitude, show respect, provide financial benefits for those families that have been injured by the loss of their spouses and parents. And, and to do that as a county government, as a state government, but Steve, just as individual Americans, 20 years have gone by, but the, but the sacrifice didn't disappear. It's the same sacrifice. That sacrifice was forever. When those people died at age 38 or 48, they never lived to be 58 or 68. So that sacrifice is as real today as it was 20 years ago. That's what we want to memorize, commemorate on this day. We're talking with Westchester County Executive George Latimer. George, uh, you have had uh, a lot of public service under your belt from the days on the Rye City of Rye City Council to becoming a Westchester County legislator. You've even served in the New York State Assembly. You've served as the chairman of the Westchester County Board of Legislators you've served as a New York State Senator, and now you've come full circle, right back to be the Chief Executive, the County Executive of Westchester County. You were Chairman of the Westchester County Legislature at 9-11. You're now the County Executive as you commemorate 20 years later. I've witnessed you and watched you serve your community as we battled COVID. You were the first person we talked to when COVID hit us in March of 2020, where you talked about mental health challenges, when New Rochelle was blockaded off by the National Guard, and that community will forever remember what happened those days and the days that followed, how are you able to help your community understand these issues and talk to them uh, as you did through COVID and as you will do as we commemorate this 20-year anniversary of 9-11? When I was a young boy, <clears throat> I heard the stories of my parents, both of whom uh, I lost in the 1990s, who were born in the early part of the 20th century, were uh, young people during the Depression, 
and uh, a little bit older in their 20s during the war years. And my mother was stateside uh, working in a factory, Pratt & Whitney Engines in Hartford, Connecticut. My father was overseas. And you know, by the time I came along in the 1950s and 60s, uh, I had no idea what those experiences were like. I hear my parents, their generation, talk about the Depression and talk about the war, <clears throat> but it wasn't, it wasn't a current event to me. It wasn't real. Um, and I really didn't understand until my age of maturity what that sacrifice that they faced would amount to a 15-year period of sacrifice. Uh, and they were, you know, working class people um, in their home families growing up, very much affected by the Depression, the joys of uh, youthful teenage years, which I had the pleasure of in the late 60s and the 70s, really not granted to them to the same level during the Depression. But I remember my father talking to me late, you know, late in his life before we lost him. And he asked me once to, uh, uh, to me that I would show him my hands. And I showed him my hands, he looked at my hands and he saw that there wasn't any marks on it. There weren't any calluses. I was a white collar guy. I worked at corporate America, sales and marketing executive. I provided for my family very fortunately. My, my time in public service, also considered white collar employment, but I didn't have the hands of the working man that he did. And he said to me, son, he said, I love you, but you've never been tested. That's probably about 38 or 39 at the time. He said, you've never been tested. He said, but you will be tested. He said, somehow you, and by extension, he met my generation, that we would face the kind of test that they faced. And I understand now that when you're in a world war and you're in it for a year, a year and a half, go a year and a half into World War II. America's involvement came in December of 41. A year and a half would have put you somewhere around the the late spring of 43, we were still two years away from the end of the war. We had no idea if we would turn the corner and stop Hitler and defeat Tojo. And, and, we, and we had to live, my father overseas, my mother here domestically, day after day with not knowing and at the same time realizing you're in an existential battle. And the depression, the existential battle for the family, when both of my parents had to drop out of school and take employment in order to, to put food on the table with their parents and their siblings. I realize now, Steve, that, that the COVID crisis, it may not be as dramatic as the Depression. It may not be as dramatic as World War II. We are a year and a half into it, a little more than that now. I don't know if this is another year to go, half a year. We all hope we see the light at the end of the tunnel, and all of a sudden there's more tunnel. But I think I try to draw from the strength of what my mother and father did and how they somehow, in their generation, that's why we call them the greatest generation, right? When I was a kid, I didn't know my parents were greatest generation. They were mom and dad. They didn't want me to do things, and I wanted to go out and do things. And so I pushed back like every teenage kid does. But now my age is of maturity. I realize that they had an intestinal fortitude. They didn't talk about it much. My father never talked about what he saw overseas, never. And my mother would talk about it, but there was sort of a resignation. This is the way things were, and we just survived it. And now it's our generation's turn. And so when I speak to the people of Westchester County, the place that I grew up in, the place that I came to maturity in, I grew up in one of the toughest neighborhoods in this county. I live in a community, if not in the immediate neighborhood of some of the wealthiest people in this county. And I've had, as you pointed out, the good fortune to serve in a variety of public offices. I just try to talk about the shared sacrifice that we're in. Not my sacrifice, but our shared sacrifice. And that that is what will get us through this. We remember because of 9-11, uh, we remember the people that we lost that day. We've done uh, remembrances here in Westchester County for those that we've lost through COVID. Uh, we have ribbons of remembrance. and We've had an opening ceremony, we had a closing ceremony in December of last year before we went indoors. And in each of these cases, 
we draw strength from these remembrances. We're telling ourselves, yes, we're human. Yes, we're, yes, we're mortal. No, we, we don't know how to handle everything in front of us. No county executive knows the answer to these questions. But we can fight through it because our parents fought through it. Our grandparents and our great-grandparents fought through it. Now, my great-grandparents, grandparents came from Europe, Italy and Ireland, and they came here for a better life. They didn't know what they were going to find when they got here. They did find prejudice the way the current-day immigrants find. And, and hatred directed against the Italian and the Irish as they were against those who were Jewish and those who were Asian and those who were from any place in the world. But somehow, Steve, they all found a way to overcome what was put before them, and now that's our challenge. Yours, mine, and everybody else. Whatever our positions are, if you're in public office, you're just, you're just an individual dealing with what you have in your family, we have to try to find that intestinal fortitude that our parents' generations did to, be, to have fortitude if it takes another year. If it takes another two years, if we have to figure out how to teach our kids despite this, if we have to figure out how to make our economy go in spite of this, that's our challenge. That's our test. That's what my dad was talking to me about that day, that the test would come. It's here, and we rise to the occasion to solve it. I'm glad that your father said that to you, because obviously it made an impression on you. And those words from your father will make an impression to the listeners of this podcast. Again, it brings me back to that attitude of gratitude. And I think that in part comes from your father teaching you about these values of the common man, the common woman, to have uh, callous hands and to work hard and to put in a hard day's work. And executive, you, you've, you've likened um, or, or brought the imagery of one of the greatest tra tragedies on American soil. You've talked about the Battle of Gettysburg and President Lincoln and what he did and how President Lincoln brought a sense of national purpose to that solemn graveyard where nearly 50,000 Americans on both sides died. We've lost 55,000 people and counting on COVID. We lost over 3,000 people as we commemorate 9-11. How do we continue to impress upon our youth uh, so that they understand the sacrifices that were made um, on 9-11 by our first responders, by the volunteers? How do we continue to keep these lives uh, in, in remembrance for those that come behind us, the youth, uh, the volunteerism. You've, you've really put a lot of work into volunteerism within Westchester. Can you tell our listeners about how we can continue to keep these images alive and meaningful? Well, Volunteer New York uh, has done a brilliant job of taking the tragedy of 9-11 and uh, rededicating it into a day of public service. And they have identified and organized a host of different volunteer activities. And it's not just for the day itself, since the day falls on a Saturday, activities over the whole weekend, <clears throat> that individuals can, uh, can put their shoulder to the wheel and show uh, a willingness and an effort to help their fellow neighbors, their fellow Americans. And I think that, that probably is the best possible way to commemorate what happened on 9-11. Use the analogy of Lincoln. And of course, he was a brilliant, brilliant man, our greatest president by, by far, but George Washington was pretty impressive too. You know, when you're a kid, you hear about them and sometimes they're cartoon figures selling used cars over President's Day weekend. But they were really two amazingly brilliant men who rose above the pettiness of the day. 
Lincoln said at Gettysburg, I can't quote it exactly, but he said those who were there that day for that, that ceremony could not dedicate, could not consecrate, could not hallow this ground. The ground was dedicated by those that died there. So we go to remember those that died. We don't dedicate or consecrate this, but by the actions that we take, the volunteer actions as well as the remembrance, we try to do exactly what Lincoln said in the great closing of the Gettysburg Address, which is that we want to ensure that government of the people, by the people and for the people, does not perish from this earth. And I might add, Lincoln had even a greater speech than that. His second inaugural address was, was a masterpiece. And it, it came just a few weeks before he was assassinated, in which, in the aftermath of the Civil War, where perhaps most of us current day politicians would gloat We'd say, hey, we beat the guys, pump our fist, you know, we're number one and all that type of stuff. Lincoln took an attitude that would help us start the rebuilding process of a nation that had been badly divided. He said in that address that the Civil War was God's punishment to us for the sin of slavery. But we had paid back that sin, and now we were prepared to be a new nation. So extrapolating that forward, we pay back and we have another new nation. 20 years now, 20 years since 9-11, uh, as we go through COVID. We have a new rededication. We look at each other as Americans because when those people died in the tower, Steve, no one hit the towers because they were black Americans or they were Muslim Americans or Christian Americans, women Americans or gay or straight Americans. They were, they were killed purposely because they were Americans. And so we were linked together in death that day in the towers. And on the pile, the people that have subsequently died did not die because of their demographics. They died because they were Americans that went onto that pile to try to uh, help reestablish our country. So we remember that on this day. We make those ceremonies meaningful when we hold the ceremonies for the hour that we hold them. And then we spend the rest of the weekend in uh, volunteer dedication to try to make that, uh, that sacrifice on our parts, a sacrifice of time and energy real. And then we try to remember, and maybe Steve, since we're in the world of government and government always involves politics, that somehow we'll be better people for this, that we, we, uh, we will be kinder to each other when we compete, that we'll compete on a more fair platform and less on a, on a uh, divisive platform. And we will find the unity that, um, that is so hard to find. I really appreciate you being on this podcast, you being willing to talk about your experiences growing up, the stories from your parents, the sacrifices you made, county executive, your leadership through COVID, really, um, I can't tell you how much that helped the people of New York State. When we saw the virus in New Rochelle, when we saw it spread through the city of New York, where nearly 10 million people live, and then out to the 3 million out on Long Island, we were all watching you. We were all appreciative of the words of wisdom that you helped almost all of the 20 million New Yorkers uh, in those very difficult days and the lives that we lost, we, we tried valiantly uh, to save. And it was really uh, thanks to you and what you shared with us in those very, very early days and I wanted to say thank you for that on behalf of the counties from all across the state, because we do owe you a debt of gratitude. County Executive, you talked about um, the rising. 
you talked about uh, Westchester County and the private sector county executive Spano making a commitment to this, you carrying forward that commitment. Uh, can you talk to us about what's next? Uh, you're going to be unveiling a memorial dedicated to first responders who lost their lives from 9-11 related illnesses. Can you talk about the significance of this specific memorial, where it's going to be placed and why that location was chosen? Well, the Kensico Dam Plaza is um, in practical terms, the central park for Westchester County. It's located almost in the dead center, geographic center of Westchester. It is the plaza that was created after the Great Kensico Dam was built. The Kensico Dam holds back the reservoir waters that uh, the people of Westchester and more importantly, the people of the city of New York drink from. That, that whole water system, you're well aware of the Cat Dell and the Croton Reservoir systems. Uh, 9 million, 10 million, 11 million people drink from those waters, um, life-giving, life-giving liquid. The dam that's created uh, left uh, and the, the brilliant men and women of that day uh, constructed a beautiful Art Deco Plaza that is the centerpiece for many of the act activities that we have in Westchester County. And as you look at the dam, uh, approaching it from the south, looking to the north, to the east or the right side, uh, an area of that plaza off in a bit of a grove is where the, uh, the rising uh, uh, statue sculpture exists. And of course, it's, it's curved and it points upward to keep your mind on the higher things again, evoking the steel skin of the building, uh, the buildings that were taken down that day. The 9-11 um, the um, uh, memorial for those who died of related illnesses sits in that corner of the park. <clears throat> it is, um, it, it is uh, close to um, the monument, so it becomes a companion piece to the monument. And, and because in, on both the monument for 9-11 and the 9-11 related illnesses, we recognize the names of those individuals. So just like when you travel to Washington, D.C. and you look at the Vietnam Memorial and you look at that, that vast memorial and you go there and you see the names of people, given our ages, people that you grew up with, or the older brothers in my case, the people that I grew up with, you see the actual names of human beings and the people you know, people I knew in my town, uh, as well as uh, the person I had worked with. And the same is now true in the recognition of the names of those uh, who we lost through 9-11 illnesses. And, and I think the, the area of the park creates a contemplative grove where you can uh, pray, where you can be alone with your thoughts, where you can be with your family. And let me be honest, as a grown man, where you can cry, where you can actually let the emotions flow that we all have. Most men try hard not to do that. It's you know part of the male uh, uh, ego and all that. But sometimes when, when you just are filled with that kind of emotion, it's better to release the emotion and it, and it gives you a sense of connection because the loss is palpable. When I see the widows of those men and, and their women who died as well, when I see the widows of those men stand there with their children and now grandchildren around them, it breaks your heart that these people were not able to come home and live a good formal, a good full life. But they won't be forgotten in Westchester County. And by the way, I'm sure that my colleagues in other counties my friends who are county executives in other counties are doing their versions of the same thing. And I'm, uh, you know, I had a long conversation with Mark Molinaro, who's my colleague in Dutchess County. His father um, uh, in Westchester County was one of uh, the COVID-19 victims that we lost. And he and I had a very emotional conversation. We talked about being sons of fathers that left their mark on us, both of us. And we're different political parties. You know, on any given issue, we might agree or disagree. But 
it was um, it was a reminder that what we have in common is much greater than what separates us. And we hope that this uh, memorial, which is a, a year-round memorial, you'll be able to go there in the dead heart of winter. You'll be able to go there on the sunniest summer day, the most um, uh, moving fall day when the leaves are turned and falling, or in the springtime when the buds are growing. And you'll be able to experience that remembrance and that it will leave some mark on you and the mark it leaves on you is appreciation for those who made these sacrifices and then maybe it just gives us that renewed commitment let us find the spirit of being an american that helps us sacrifice the way that these people sacrificed and then when we leave the plaza go back out in the rest of the world and try to find that path that gets us to a better place and executive, again, I'm very glad that you were able to take a few minutes to talk uh, with us today. I, I remember being with you uh, uh, after the 9-11 event uh, at the Association of Counties. We convened uh, several buses uh, from Albany and the county officials from the, the whole state of New York convened, hundreds of us convened and walked. Uh, we took a bus down to where the Twin Towers were and we walked uh, all around, and I, I recall thinking back as we, uh, as we got off those buses, from the minute we got off those buses, and Governor Pataki was there as we walked uh, around through there, nobody talked, nobody spoke, we prayed. We prayed for the lives that were lost that day. We prayed for their families. I have a 19-year-old son. Uh, if I was down in, those, in that area for a meeting, which I have been a number of times, my son would not have been born and I would not be here to talk to you about this and to learn from you about what you went through uh, in 9-11 and what, um, what, what you went through through COVID. And, and, uh, and you have so much more to give the people of Westchester County. You have so much more to give the people of the state of New York in public service. And I'm very grateful for all that you do for the people of Westchester and all that you do for the people of the state of New York. Last question I have for you, sir, is as county leaders, or as a county leader, as you are, how can we continue to honor the lives lost and to pay tribute to the first responders? I think we have to, you know, in the, in the practical world of governance, <clears throat> we have to make sure that uh, the federal money and the funds that have been made available for those families are there in sufficient amount to, uh, to give them that which they need. We know that those of us in the New York area, those of us in Northern Virginia, and those of us who had um, people from our jurisdictions that were on those planes that, that, um, that landed in Shanksville and elsewhere, we have a direct emotional commitment to this. There are people in other parts of the country who don't have that same commitment. And uh, we have to make sure that we make the impassioned message to do right by these families. We have been, you know, with a certain amount of these resources, but there's always a threat that, uh, you know, that's not going to be there necessary. And, and my argument will always be that when Hurricane Harvey hits Houston, I, I don't have to be from Houston to see the suffering of my fellow Americans. I don't have to be from Florida when a hurricane devastates, as Andrew did years ago with a Category 5 hurricane, just cut a, a swath through Homestead, Florida. I don't have to be from Florida to know these are my fellow Americans and I want to be there for them. We have to make sure that uh, those who represent other parts of the country have that understanding of what the sacrifice was in New York and the, and the D.C. area that day and uh, make sure those resources are there. <clears throat> I also think 
that we're reminded that the police and the firefighters that fought that day to try to save lives, uh, their, their colleagues, their descendants are fighting fires and serving police work uh, every day in our communities. Now, uh, we are working on reforming those uh, behaviors that we think deserve reform to create a better uh, future way of handling these things in the future um, and to uh, recognize some of the things that are wrong that have to be corrected, but not to uh, disrespect the sacrifice of police officers and firefighters everywhere. And that I think in our local area, when we honor our local police and firefighters, particularly when they do outstanding things, we are by extension remembering those firefighters and those police officers who died that day and the EMS community as well. We have a lot of work to do to give EMS workers uh, proper resources. And I think that is a function that we have to work on in our county for our EMS workers. And I think the help of the state would, uh, would certainly be there as well. But I think, Steve, one of the things I want to just leave and compliment you on is that the role of NISAC is an essential role in linking these various counties. There are, there are 57 counties outside of the five boroughs of New York City. Every one of those counties are a little different. I've had the pleasure of driving through many of them. Uh, I have a, a home that I get to every so often in Warren County. <clears throat> and so Warren County, although it's close in the alphabet to Westchester County, is a very different county from Westchester County. And as I travel through, uh, whether it's Washington or Wyoming, the other W counties that we have around the state, we realize that there are a lot of differences between us, but there are certain common links and you have been uh, exemplary in trying to help us find that common ground. Because I do know from being in the halls of the state legislature, um, you know, the state legislature views itself and, and the governor properly as the arbiter of what should or shouldn't happen in the state of New York. But at the local level, at the town, the village, the city and the county level, there are public uh, leaders who are doing tremendous work in their backyards it looks a little different from Penyan than it looks from Poughkeepsie, but um, you've been a strong spokesperson for that. And when you share ideas, when I pick up ideas that you share from other parts of the state, I benefit from that. And hopefully the people of Westchester can benefit from that. You show me something and I say, gee, this is what Mark Polencars is doing in Erie County. Or, oh, look, Jason Garner in Broome County has this innovative idea. And it comes to us through NISAC and when we can apply it, we can improve uh, the lives of our people. And at the end of the day, our public service is not forever. I've, I am the ninth county executive in Westchester's history. And I often say in speeches, as sure as I am the ninth county executive, there will be a 10th and there will be an 11th and there'll be a 12th county executive. Nobody holds on to these jobs forever, nor should we. But we should uh, understand that there's a, a whole that's greater than us, greater than the sum of its parts. And NISAC helps us focus on that larger picture and then we can try to implement it and apply it in our backyard. County Executive, thank you for your kind remarks. I wanna conclude this podcast with this quote. This year's 20th anniversary of 9-11 serves as a grim reminder of the nation's darkest day, but it also reminds us of how thousands came together afterward, helping each other, comforting each other, and rising through tragedy. We encourage, everyone to participate, to honor the lives lost and pay tribute to the first responders who saved lives and continue to battle illnesses acquired from that day. And that quote was from you, sir, County Executive George Latimer. And I'll end with that podcast with that quote and apply that to the 12 Americans who lost their life today and those other 15 who were injured. 
and others who were killed in Afghanistan in Kabul airport. And I again want to thank you, sir, for sharing everything that you have shared with us today and your great service to the people of Westchester County and to the people of the state of New York. Steve, thank you very much. And uh, while we grieve, we also have faith.